Wajiag, Maiti Saganashni. And I'm Jen Jeffries. And this is City and Nujimi. Right. Man, my balls are shaved, my pubes are trimmed, I'm ready to fucking rock this shit. What the fuck, man? If I go in there and see fucking pubes sprinkled on the toilet seat, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. Last time I went to the bathroom, Jay, I took a shit and my shit looked like a fucking stuffed animal. You're embarrassing me in company. You embarrass yourself. Oh, great. I hope you have a great evening. All right. Let's go. Okay. See you guys later. Did any of those voices sound familiar to you at all? Because if so, we would not be the least bit surprised. We just played you a brief but hilarious clip from Judd Apatow's 2007 film Knocked Up. And then you would have heard the intro to Popular Mechanics for Kids, which was a famous educational kids TV show that aired here in Canada in the 1990s and also happened to be co-hosted by our guest on the pod today, Jay Baruchel. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, it's rare that we get, um, well, would you call yourself a legit Hollywood star? I would. Well, that's nice of you. Um, <laughs> I, 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 um, uh, I don't know. Um, I feel I. <laughs> it's always a weird thing. You know, people know my face and my voice. I don't know that they know the name that goes along with either of them. <laughs> um, up here, up certainly up here, I think there's more people that do. Um, but I was technically the star of multiple Hollywood movies. So, um, yeah, I guess um, by, by a very, uh, you know, uh, utilitarian... Fucking definition, yeah. I'm. I, I think I. I passed the. I passed the test. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good word, utilitarian. Um, which reminds me. I don't know why that word reminds me, but it reminds me of um, one of the first shows I ever saw you on because we're almost the same age. So I kind of grew up watching you on uh, Popular Mechanics for Kids with Alicia oh, yeah. Cuthbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What well, was that, that like? Makes perfect sense why utilitarian would make you think of that. <laughs> um, also, my my application of it was like not completely right, but um, but I, words failed me. I was on a plane, and I, you know, full transparency, I smoked a joint not too long ago. Um, oh, it's good. It's legal. We're we're both in Canada right now. It's yes, completely legal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. absolutely is. Um, we're still we still have a liberal government. It's totally cool. There's yeah, so no shame. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. Um, thank you. Also, uh, um, what was PMK like? Um, it, yeah. Um, so it was fun in some ways, and it really uh, sucked in a lot of other ways. Oh um, yeah. And nobody ever assumes that it would suck, which is good because that's the whole point. You know, the, the the show was meant to be sort of like. Um, aspirational or like wish fulfillment for kids. You know, we weren't trying to bum kids out. We weren't trying to make a show where every kid was like, well, that looks like it sucked. I wouldn't want to do that. It was quite the opposite. So 
So good. Um, no one ever guesses that, but no, it was okay. So here's the thing is like, um, some of the shit I got to do was super fun. You know, like I got to, um, you know, put on like special effects makeup and I got to like, you know, hang out with stunt performers who work at the like universal studios stunt show. Um, you know, that's pretty sick. Yeah. So that stuff like that's cool. I also like, I got to spend uh, two nights, three days on a U.S. Navy aircraft carrier out at uh, sea. <laughs> and like, so that was also like, you know, if you're a kid, you know, and your boy, you like playing G.I. Joe's and shit. It's pretty sweet to like, yeah, literally get catapulted off a fucking active duty aircraft carrier. <laughs> so like, you know. Some of that shit was cool. One on one with Damon Stoudemire, pitch and catch with Pedro Martinez. Uh, you know, um, okay. But <laughs> here, here's what here's where it sucks. Okay, so um, for every you know going on an aircraft carrier or like <laughs> hanging out with stunt performers, there was like a whole bunch of going to Bristol, Connecticut to go to the Otis elevator testing facility. And like, remember that episode. Yeah. So that's <laughs> not a joke. I literally like, there's a fucking place where they test elevators, which like, it, it it's, is, like it's as colorful like the as Simpsons episode where they go to the box factory. Seriously. <laughs> it is the fucking box factory. Like, you know, and it was like, super early in the morning and so it's just like you know you're 15 you're, you're 15 you know be starting to be ravaged by by puberty incredibly yeah. incredibly self painfully self-aware just um you are you are uh also under the the tyranny of fomo right whatever you're doing isn't as cool as anyone else is doing um and here you are you know it's quarter to 5 a.m. and you've got to wake up and go with your mom and your little sister because you're like a kid so your mom's your guardian and if your mom's a single parent then your kid your sister has to come too um and and march over to the you know arse end of bristol connecticut and friggin pretend to get it up and be like whoa so <laughs> they go up and they go down and they so they can't fall crazy you know <clears throat> there's like three questions they had for me you got like they always wrote you know a script for me you know believe it or not at 15 i wasn't interviewing people in earnest so 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 like they couldn't fucking come up with anything really like what you know so it's like the the one question was in the movie you know in the movies when the cable snaps and the elevator car crashes to the ground can that actually happen no all right well that's that like i what the what else is there what else could you possibly care about you know yeah so, so okay so number so there's that um there's also that uh you know the the show i'll, I'll say this did you ever wonder why a famous brand a well-established like magazine American magazine brand like popular mechanics popular mechanics ended up shooting this show doing this show entirely in Canada and with like Canadian kids no and, you know no I never I never even wondered about it. like I don't it's uh 
No, I know I had no. All right, well, I, you know, <laughs> so then maybe this isn't interesting, <laughs> but but basically, like the the reason why they did it in Montreal and why we got hired was because like the company in Montreal, like they bid for it. It was like the lowest bid. And, oh my god! Uh, yeah, and so. And this was in like, like, I'll say this, that like, even in the mid nineties, the like child actor rules and laws were still pretty, uh, it was quite fluid, which is why. Pretty loose. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, there was no, um, framework to force them to educate me. Um, like now there is now, no matter what, like, like as it, you know, we just did what they do in what SAG does. They did in the States, which is like, you get two hours a day. Every kid actor has to do two hours of tutoring a day, no matter what through, throughout the day. Um, but when I started, that wasn't a thing. So, um, my mother, like, you know, made real enemies with all the producers because she was like, no, you have to pay for a fucking tutor and you have to make sure he gets his education and all this stupid shit, you know? And, and on top of that, though, like, you know, let me tell you, the accommodations were dreadful. They, they, they would wait until the, the very last minute to book, you know, our flights. And so what this meant was like, it was always like, you know, econo saver plus leftover, like, whole, you know, um, so it was always mom and my sister and I uh, back by the toilet and, you know, and we'd have to connect four times to get an hour away and like i remember you know and and then we'd and then they just drop us some fucking place like they like you know i had to go do the long beach aquarium you know like the lbc like they used to you know rap about and where sublime comes from well they just like dropped my mom and i at this like and my little sister at this like motel and they were like all right we'll see you at five o'clock in the morning you know, fend for yourselves, do whatever. So like, I remember my mother just like trying to put a, a good face on everything and being like, yeah, no, those, those, are, that's not a pimp in his, in his <laughs> hookers. That's, that's, those, those people hanging out, you know, by the, by, by the way, like who cares? That's the, everyone's allowed to do whatever. I'm just like, it's not where you want to be with your kids. It's not what you're trying to do. And, and like, yeah. Well, we walked an hour to get to a holiday inn just to have a bite to eat. Look, these are champagne problems, right? Like I'm not, you know, but it just, it wasn't no, a black. It's legit. I mean, it's not really what you associate with, uh, you know, with a popular television program. I, I um, was, it, more- was it any more, um, was it any more or less uh, luxurious um, than, when you did are you afraid of the dark because you were on that oh, show was, for an episode too right I, I yeah so i actually hold the record i think of like being playing the most different characters on are you afraid of the dark because I, I was like pe- people seem to think i was a campfire kid but i wasn't um, i thought that what, i honestly thought you were jay and i was googling yeah. around today before this interview and i was like i was sure like i sh- was sure i remembered him like throwing the sand on Never. the on the fire but there's Never. some other kid who just looks like you i think i don't know some other some other handsome kid no uh, um, <laughs> uh, um which is now as i approach 40 i'm not allowed to say stuff like that anymore. <laughs> but uh that's a real handsome kid you got there um uh no but but uh, no i was never a campfire alicia was um my friend jacob tierney was um uh, alicia cuthbert sorry what did i say 
Well, I heard you say Alicia, and then you said someone else's name. Yeah, Alicia Cuthbert was a campfire kid for a period. Okay. Um, But I was in like four or five different episodes, and it was four, I think, and I played four different characters. Like I was in the stories. I I just kept they kept bringing me back, which is really super cool. So yeah, to answer your question, uh, it was way shittier like <laughs> accommodations wise than are you afraid of the dark um okay and like are you afraid of the dark was like a montreal show too but i don't know it was just like it was a that that because that's the other thing it was acting and it was like making you know tv and doing stories like on pmk i was like hosting right like and and yeah. and not that there's a, like i quite enjoy it now but back then especially i like yeah, if I was, I wanted to be on set because I like, I wanted to make movies and stuff, and I like that kind of stuff. I, I, you know, I didn't necessarily want to be doing what I was doing, and and like, and certainly at like fifteen or sixteen, you always are into what the like grownups and older kids are into, right? You're like yeah. never into <laughs> the stuff that you would get, you know, <laughs> I would be right for, right? It so, was a good. Show. It was a good show, though. It was yeah, kind of like Bill Nye the Science Guy, but like yes, more hands-on, I guess. I don't know. Like- no, that's that's look. I it it is it was a really good show, and and like everyone within sort of five years of my age grew up watching it in this country. Totally, hundred percent. My brother and I watched it all the time. All I the time, learned a bunch of fundamentals of shit like from it too. So like, totally. You know, so. I, it's not without merit, obviously, and uh, oh, pardon me, I, that's, that's not on my computer. Um, uh, uh, and uh, you know, so so obviously, and I am, I have to say, I'm fucking hell. I am proud um, of that kind of stuff, um, but it also just like in hindsight, or you know, upon reflection, I can say it was like, oh my god. Um, are you getting are you getting congratulation messages? Because isn't you, is it not your anniversary today or yesterday? Uh, your wedding a anniversary? Few, a, a few a few days ago. Congratulations! Um, thank you, thank you very much. No, I only all... know that from creeping your um, creeping your Instagram or Twitter. I forget which one. Um, <laughs> well, good. Uh, and because um... your wife is a babe, I follow her on social <laughs> media too. Um, so. <laughs> I, I understand that. Yeah, I get it. Um, well, thank you. Thank you very how, much. How'd you guys meet anyway? Is that, oh. uh, is that public record or is that? Uh... But yeah. Um, um, yeah uh, so we met on a uh, dating app. Um, and it was. Which uh, one? The fam- <laughs> The one for famous people? I forget what it's called. Uh, well, we- <laughs> the one we were on called Raya. Um, and, um, yeah. Um, so, or okay. Raya, Raya, or Raya, I think, I think that's the one you're describing. Um, but, I think it is too. I think yeah. it is too. I've only, I only heard about it cause I saw Laura Jane Grace tweet about it once and I was like, what the hell is this? Um, <laughs> yeah. And I tried to access it and obviously was denied. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so yeah, she, she was the first date I ever went on off of a dating app um uh yeah so uh yeah so we met and chatted a whole bunch and um yeah and and um yeah have engaged on this uh 
we we got literally engaged and then embarked upon this uh, insane adventure and uh, misadventure (laughs) experience. And, uh, but yeah, we met, we met on our, uh, on our phones and iPads. Well, isn't that the contemporary way? I suppose. (laughs) I know. Um, I I can appreciate, like, there's a lot of people that'll hear that and won't see like, why is that even worthy of mention? And for me, it's totally, it totally is. Well, first of all, I asked you, I wanted to know how you guys met because I'm always, I'm nosy and like, I'm always curious. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean like it must be hard when you're like a somewhat public figure, right? Like yeah. you can't just walk up to anyone in a bar without, you know. No, that's, that's, that, that, that's it. It's also like, I'm, yeah. Um, it, it's hard. It was, it was always hard for me because, um, in addition to that, I'm also like, uh, quite reclusive and a homebody, and I like uh don't drink alcohol at all, and so like I oh, me um, neither. Yeah, oh, nice. Um, so yeah, I I so I don't I don't really go out. Um, I like will go grab breakfast with friends, or I'll you know I used in a world where it wasn't repulsive to do so. I used to go to the movies sometimes, and and yeah. uh, you know. Or I, and I like a bookstore, um, but I, I – so I'd always, like, go to people's houses or some shit. But anyway, so so there's no place for me to meet anybody that wasn't uh, sort of really kind of, you know, a working situation, which is awkward and weird and, 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 and a whole bunch of, you know, stuff that it you – know, stuff it shouldn't be. And uh, – or via, like, social media or some shit. And so I, like – I don't know. I, I just – so I just eventually was like, yeah, maybe this is something to – try out and you know i had talked to a few uh girls on there and um you know i i uh never really <laughs> I, know it's, uh, I hear i i it's crazy you know you just wake up you wake up one day and you start sounding like your granddad uh, but um but yeah i no, nobody was worth leaving the house for. Is my the point I'm making. <laughs> so yeah, America. Yeah. Mostly Canadian girls you're talking to, or American? Uh, there weren't many, you know, Canadian girls on there. I would obviously. <laughs> there's always... like, well, there's not really a lot of Canadian, like famous Canadian women. Is well, there? There, like, there's a few, but like Celine Dion, maybe like. You know, there's, there's a few, but it was more. Like, I guess what I should say is like. Um, like most of them weren't even around here. E- even if they were Canadian, they were usually like in the States or something. If they're on that yeah. app, like even my wife, technically she, when I, when, when we met, she was visiting, she was down hanging out with a friend of hers in, in, in the States. Um, and, uh, but yeah, the, but I blipped on her radar because like, I was like one of the, like, I guess, real small handful of guys on there who, who like if you clicked on them it would say Toronto. <laughs> so. Is so she I didn't realize her name is Rebecca Dunham, yeah. right? Yeah. And she's Canadian too? Yeah, she is. Yeah. She I did is. not realize that. I thought oh, she yeah. was American for some oh, reason. No, no, yeah, no. And I totally funny. asked you before this call, um, and now I'm making ass of myself and announce <laughs> it to the world in the podcast that I thought maybe she was related to Lena Dunham from Girls. <laughs> Um, and I thought maybe like, who knows, maybe he met her through like Judd Apatow because you've been in like his movies. Um, yeah, I, I 
Yeah. You came up with a whole new. soap opera narrative. I appreciate it. Um, well, I mean, it only makes sense, right? Like yes. Hollywood. So speaking of which, um, <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if that makes sense as, um, as a little transition here, but I would love to hear how and why Judd Apatow loves like funny Canadian Jews and like, Oh, Jesus. seemingly oh. connects that collects yeah. them yeah um it's, it's, <laughs> like you and yeah it's you I guys don't, are like the funniest people in the world like how did he find all of you and like well, that's, yeah um so uh yeah um so uh for for me i just literally like i came into the kind of thing because they were casting a show that would go on to be called Undeclared, and they, I guess, hadn't found their lead yet. Um, and I like, I think Jason Siegel like thought he was going to be the lead, and then that didn't end up being the case or some shit. Like he thought he was going to play my character, and then they didn't, um, and uh, they didn't end up going with him or some fucking thing. I don't know. I like I but I know that they, the casting director cast all of judge shit. Uh, Allison Jones, her name is, uh, she saw, or someone from her office, um, saw almost famous. And I got two scenes in there. I was like my first kind of like real American thing. I got two little scenes in this movie, almost famous Cameron Crow flick when I was like 17. And, um, yeah, they, they liked me and asked if I'd want to read for this thing, and um, which at that point was called the Untitled Judd Apatow Project. And, like, um, I, being a film nerd, knew who he was. But, like, you know, in, in 99, 2000, or, yeah, 2000, like, his name wasn't a sort of, uh, like, brand like it is now. And yeah, so, like, so, pre, that was, like, pre-knocked up. Yeah, it was pre all of his movies, really. Um, yeah. You know, he, he uh, yeah. So um, pre forty year old virgin, all that stuff. So so um, so yeah. So and he had, you know, just done, got through a season and, and cancellation of uh, Freaks and Geeks with Paul Feig, and so uh, that's and they had Seth on that show, and so um, so yeah, that's how like kind of uh, Seth was in the mix and um, yeah. And then, you know, he and I kind of, we, you know, sort of bonded at, <clears throat> as like two 18 year old kids in LA from Canada, at the, you know, at the same time, even if we were from completely different parts of the country, uh, you know, geographically and culturally. Right. We, we, Seth Rogen is from BC and you're from Montreal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which have, which have like absolutely nothing to do. Like there's like literally zero in common yeah. to <laughs> Montreal and Vancouver. Um, and so everybody would be like, Oh, of course you guys are friends. You're from the same place. And I'd be like, I, I, I can't describe to you how I'll say like, you know, M Montreal to Vancouver is almost London to Moscow. Like it, it, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like, opposite side of the continent and uh, yeah, opposite side of the continent and, and also just like a very completely different fucking place um totally but, um but yeah so so that's that's that and um and you know he he's judd i believe one of his real gifts is um you know he's an awesome like he has an eye for people that are like 
you know, interesting and, and, and interesting, funny, uh, or truthful, ideally all three, but definitely at least one of those things, you know, that, that, that seems to be what, what he, what, what he notices and what he's interested in, you know, I, and I, but also I'll be honest, I, I do feel weird of kind of like chiming in on it <clears throat> too, in too much detail because like, um, you know, the, the, the world seems to think of me as like, and I get it. I understand why. And it makes, it, it makes for an easy box to, 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 to file away in, but the, the world seems to think of me as like kind of part of a, like a, like a stock company that, that always is like always, you know, we always show up in, in the same shit and all this stuff. And I, I've only, um, I've only ever worked for Judd, uh, twice in my, in my whole career. Really? Uh, yeah. So in, I, uh, knocked up and this is the end. He, Judd didn't do, have anything to do with this is the end. Um, and, uh, Seth and Evan directed that one. And, um, oh. And but there's and, another one on Netflix that you were in, and I can't remember what was it. Well, this is, this is 40? Not, yeah, I'm not in that one, and I'm not in 40 year old virgin or pineapple. Like, there's I, you know, like, but you know, everybody sort of puts me there, which is like, look, I, I it's fine. I, I, I'm not mentioning it because it bums me out, I'm mentioning it because I feel like I get asked stuff like that, and I'm I always feel a bit weird, kind of speaking to somebody else's like kind of thing especially when like <laughs> look i'm quite fond of the man you know he's like an uncle you know but i i don't talk to him you know if i hear from him if we speak to each other like once every two years that's about the average right like, well, i think speaking of like being a recluse and and whatever i i think apatow is kind of like that is he not and like leslie mann is kind of like the charismatic socialite in the in the relationship like that's kind of i don't know i've watched like a lot of his stand-up um because yeah. i just think he's hilarious and i can totally relate to him with like his anxiety and panic attacks and neuroses and stuff and um yeah i think you know, I, I doubt he, you know, texts anyone. <laughs> or like, yeah. <laughs> um, I have no idea, but I would assume not. I don't know. Like it's, it's basically like there's, there's an affection obviously and, and mutual affection. It's always kind and, and nice when we see each other and stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but that's, but that's about it, you know? Um, and it was, and also it's like, you know, th this month is the 20th anniversary of, uh, of undeclared, which is fucking crazy, which, which means that like the knocked up one is like, you know, that means we're at like 15, 14, 15 years ago for knocked up too. So these are both things like, you know, 20, 15, 20 years in the past. I cannot believe knocked up is that old. Like that movie is iconic. Yeah. Like, there are lines from that, that like, you know, became, you know, part of the zeitgeist. Yeah, of absolutely. Like absolutely. It's, it's like, um, it's a, it's a, it's definitely like a strange thing to kind of, to be like, look, I'm not going to, uh, say part of just because I don't want people like getting pissed or thinking that I you know, have a higher opinion of myself than I do, but definitely front, <laughs> row, front row seats at the very least for, um, for a form as it's kind of blossoming, right? Like, you know, there, there was always comedy just like there was always rock and roll. And yet 
and yet grunge is its own thing uh, and 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 and, uh, or at least that's the word that people used for the music made at that time and it's like i know that our shit which i you know think starts in large part in undeclared um influenced like the next the fucking next 20 years of comedy to come like you know we we kind of like whether people realized it or not they've all been playing guitar they've all been playing riffs that like came off of our shit you know and so it's true and so it is kind of like a neat thing (laughs) to have been there um you know, and and so, sometimes it's frustrating, but more than anything, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a it's a cool thing. I think, like, I know there's people that have like, you know, chips on their shoulder, at, right, rightfully so, because of like, you know, it's it's like, uh, you know, often first people to do something, you know, they they kind of uh, are the least successful at it, right? You know. And uh, and then someone else comes along and the world's ready for it and it's been primed, you know. But um, yeah. But 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 yeah. yeah I, don't know. I I wouldn't say like uh, like Michael Sarah or Jonah Hill. Like I know they weren't in um, Knocked Up, but like Superbad is still yeah. kind of the same, you know, same kind of language, same kind of Absolutely. theme. Absolutely, like, Jonah was Jonah's in Knocked Up, but uh, yeah, Sarah wasn't. Um, you. You and Jonah, like your exchanges in that movie, are the funniest part of that movie to me. Like honestly, like talking about your pubes and shit on the toilet seat, like that was such a thing. Like, you know, like at that age, like everyone's got roommates and everyone. There's always like a stoner and shit. Also, like true story. Um, <laughs> every time I think I have pink eye, I'm like, I think about that scene, and I'm like, how do you actually get pink eye? Like, yeah, can you really get it from farting on someone's pillow? Like, I is don't that no? I have no idea. I have that no scene idea. is like hysterical. Like, yeah, truly it's a, it's repulsive. It's a yeah. <laughs> it's pretty sick. It's pretty, also the guy's beard. Um, oh, Martin. Yeah. That's, yeah. See, that's Jesus. somebody. I'm actually that's, that's someone who's still a friend. Like, like that's like someone I would count as like like. Uh, a yeah. true sincere for oh yes uh, I, martin his, and i like what's his deal what else is martin and i only really know him as like the gross bearded guy well, he's, <laughs> the guy, he's uh the guy with the big glasses on freaks and geeks and uh and uh he is also in silicon valley if you ever watch silicon valley he was on uh whatever the whole the whole series the whole season the whole the whole shebang of that um yeah, so Martin Starr. Yeah, no, he's in a bunch of shit, and he's been around a long time. Um, right on. And, uh, yeah, he was at the face of Freaks and Geeks. Um, and uh, yeah, he like he was at our wedding. He was like, you know, he's um, he's someone that uh, yeah, I I care a lot about. He's a good dude. Oh well, he's absolutely hilarious in that episode. Actually, in that movie, I should say that is actually probably my other favorite scene in that movie is when Leslie Mann is like is that the rabbi? Does he cut the penis? <laughs> like right at the end. And it's just Martin with his like sick beard. Like Disgusting. <laughs> oh my God. That was so funny. Um, so tell me a bit about uh, if we can jump back a little further again, you were uh-huh. mentioning almost famous, which uh-huh. is the greatest movie of all time. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm obsessed with Cameron Crowe. Oh, cool. um, <laughs> Right. And like every movie he's ever done right awesome. like singles uh almost famous like he's my hero yeah. what was it like to work with him please tell me the best uh, um 
I have never had an unpleasant, unsatisfying, or dissat, you know, react uh, interaction with with Cameron in in over twenty years of of, of knowing him. Um, yeah. He he he's like a sincerely kind soul um, and a and a sincere like pure artist who is just like always up for like the best way I can describe it is it's like to me. It starts with like if you're a kid and you ever played, I don't know, cops and robbers or whatever. Like you're, you know, you just were imagining and playing, you know, and you're playing games with your friends in the backyard or chasing each other around the block. Like, you know, it, it was fun because you were all up for it and having fun, but you're all also using that same part of your brain, which is just like the the the, the sheer fun of creating for the sake of creating, you know, sure. and I think that a lot of people, obviously, you know, uh, it's like the Peter Pan thing. Most people like it dies in them to, for, for, for in large part. And so sure. when you meet someone who, you know, has that and like, I, um, it's, it's an ins inspiring thing. And, um, and Cameron just like, he he has never not been in love with movies and music and 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 it's like and so at 17 to to go down to LA um you know they to to get cast period um like they and and by the way they, they it was like a super flattering thing cuz they were like you know we should be just hiring someone from LA because this is a small part. It's like kind of a crazy thing to spend. No, money but it's with. like such a memorable part though. Well, you thank play. you. And, and so, but I, I come down and he's like the coolest and he like, okay, like, I'll tell you this, like I have ad libbed on every gig I've ever done uh, in the state. There's like, as a, in my adult life, I should say. And, but it starts, it's all his fault. Like is on, you know, in, in like, when you're a kid actor on like Montreal shit, like there's like, there's no spot really for not a ton of spots space for like ad libbing in PMK or are you afraid of the dark? And so to be down in LA on the biggest set I'd ever been on and to have the director, you know, and, and to have been a big, like say anything fan. And then to have the director be like, yeah, I'm just going to have you make a bunch of shit up. Just hold court. Just talk about that. And I was like, what the fuck? So I just like riffed, um, you know, so my first time riffing. Look, on even the Neil, because don't you yell at Neil Young? I, I, um, it was, um, no, so the thing he had me riff, the thing he had me riff was, um, when I, the, the, the speech I'm giving when you, uh, first meet me in that hotel. Um, and I say something, I, I, I forget what I was saying, but I was saying something about, Obviously, something about Zeppelin, but I remember I was saying yeah. now, now is the winter of his discontent. I forget who I was talking about, but I pulled that out, and I remember Cameron really liked it. <laughs> but I don't know if I don't think it's in the movie, but but anyway, but but he like I can't stress enough that he always found time within this day to like ask after me and to like sit and like sit with me and he knew that I was like a movie nerd and he knew that I was like a bit of a music nerd too. And so like I brought a Frisbee down from Montreal and like, we were like, he said, come outside, let's play Frisbee. And I went outside. Oh and my I, God. And I tossed I would, I would die. Like I would pass <laughs> he, out. He had just got done uh, writing his book. It hadn't even come out yet, but his book, the, his, his interviews with Billy Wilder and like, you know, 
I, I obviously knew who that was and my some like it hot and it's like one of my mother's favorite movies and so we're tossing this frisbee around I was just asking him about Wilder and and then we started about Hitchcock and Truffaut and and just as like a 17 year old like movie nerd to be in LA with like an awesome incredible fucking director talking to you as an equal but also I know that he's not <laughs> my equal and he's doing me a kindness by the you know so, so he's responsible for everything for me having a gig down there in any respect. Um, but, but like, I never stopped knowing him. Like, you know, I would hear from him every few years. Like when, when, you know, he, I heard from him about this is the end before anybody, he saw it before it came out. And then he just reached out and was like, told me how proud he was to have found me and, and, and proud of the career I'd had and all this stuff, you know, and, and then here's a crazy one. Um, <laughs> I got cut out of it. People don't know, but, um, he, he made a movie that was very controversial a few years ago called Aloha and, um, Cameron Crowe did. Yes. Um, okay. a, a movie set in Hawaii, um, uh, with, uh, Bradley Cooper, Rachel McAdams, Emma Stone. Um, and, um, he wrote a part in it for me. You know, like they were already the like there was they were already like basically in production, and he just added a character, added a he wrote a character from scratch for me, and I and I went down there and did these two scenes, and it was like super cool, and uh, then then it got cut out, and then um, <laughs> the movie was <laughs> a lot of people got mad, I guess, about it, uh, uh, but um, you know, so ultimately, I guess it was you know I was I was bummed that I got cut out, but I understood, and that's obviously his prerogative. But uh, but anyway, I um yeah, he's somebody that has always always um you know I was very very oh always been nice to me, and um and I have like nothing but kind words, literally nothing but kind words to say about him. And and the man is like obviously just like you know the the, the definition of talent, and and I. And I can and I can tell you, like I can attest to this, that like he really, really, really is in large part still the kid from Almost Famous, except for, like he's you know. He's... That's it. That's it. I was wondering if maybe like some of him taking you under his wing was like him seeing himself in you, you know, like because Almost Famous was supposed to be autobiographical ultimately, yeah, right? Like that's he right, was, yeah. he was that kid that he got was, discovered. Yeah. Um, following a band around, I forget what the who what was the actual band he ended up covering for Rolling Stone. Zeppelin. It was Led Zeppelin. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So it was Robert Plant who was like the obnoxious prick then. Like. So so I think if you're if if you were in Zeppelin or around Zeppelin, you were either a Page or a Plant guy, and I think uh, I think wow. Cameron was very much a Page guy. Wow. Oh my God. As a writer and like a lover of movies and stuff and just like kind of a hopeless romantic, which I gather Cameron Crowe kind of like, I just love all of his movies and yeah, your, your character stood out for me for whatever reason, because it's like, it's, well, you're Canadian and I recognized your face, but you have like the funniest, like, I don't know, air about you. You're like so hyper and like yeah. anxious Thank and you. like just starstruck to be there. And I felt like that I would totally be the same way and in those days, right? 
And thank you. And because of Twitter, I've met the real me. Like that guy that I was playing is based on a real dude. Um, and uh, yeah, I think my name is Vic Vic Munoz. Vic Munoz. I think the real guy is. He might be Vic too. He's either Vic or Rick. I forget which one. Oh my but, god! But yeah, okay. he. Um, and because there's like a, it was some anniversary of Almost Famous recently too, and so they did like a box set. Some, was it? The 25? Yeah, so like the 2020. Years? It's got to be 20, yeah. Um, and they, like, put pictures of the real people next to the next to the people they played. And it was like, yeah. And he's he's reached out to me on Twitter. I've chatted with him on Twitter once or twice. Yeah, it's a wow. funny, funny thing. Yeah, I totally – I watched a bit of that because um, it was during lockdown and Cameron Crowe kind of – kind of anchored it i guess yeah. you could say as it was yeah. all like on zoom and you know he brought in uh oh my goodness what's goldie hawn's daughter's name the Kate hudson yeah who was just you know phenomenal in that movie right like yeah. you can't forget her yeah. um anyway but like i just wow that's like that's pretty wild um to have gotten to work with someone like him like a real really genius cool. that early too it was very cool Totally, totally. So um, that kind of leads me to another question. So something I found um, really cool about you as a dude um, (laughs) and as a young Canadian dude that other probably young Canadian dudes might look up to or recognize is you're relatively open about um, your struggle with your mental health and with Mm -hmm. anxiety, specifically Mm -hmm. um, I think you've said you've had some form of generalized anxiety disorder and depression, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is super common. And I have actually experienced both of the same things uh, for the sake of disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't you, uh, or, well, first of all, how the hell do you work in Hollywood <laughs> with around all these famous stars like Cameron Crowe and Kate Kate Hudson and whoever, when you have anxiety, how do you do that? Oh, well, yeah, the, the whole thing is, um, my entire career as an actor is, is been a sort of, uh, exercise in, um, and just kind of sucking it up for me to some, to some degree. I just have like, yeah. And like, um, to, to what degree I had kind of forgotten until, COVID hit and I, and, and all of a sudden the world moved at my pace and I was allowed to live the way that I wanted to live. And, uh, you know, I say that of course, because everyone in my life is healthy, obviously, but, uh, but what I mean, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I, my home is my safe place and, and, you know, connecting, talk, talking to people, you know, takes energy from me and, um, and I don't do well in crowds. And so I had forgotten how you, I had just grown accustomed to kind of shutting a piece of me up. And so it's just like, um, well, I'll just, I'll say it this way. Like I don't, I I've been, I've been on TV since I was 12 and I've been kind of had people recognize me since then. And, 
you know, now, now having someone recognize me doesn't mean I had having people love me, having people want my picture. No, it literally just means recognize me. So that doesn't preclude these these people from then mugging me or some shit, which is shit that happened plenty of time. You know, like, you know, like I got, I would get recognized, and then I get fucking jumped, which like fucking sucks, right? So like I, I has and, that actually happened to you? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Oh and, Jesus. And, because like we didn't have a ton of money, you know, so I was like, um, and then I and then I got on TV, and you know, but our like lifestyle didn't really alter dramatically, and so so I was still like, you know, going to the same places, and you know, and yeah, I I just was like, now I just had a bunch of like dudes like know who I was and assume that I was like rich because they saw me on, on YTV or some fucking thing. And so like, uh, you know, and so when that starts at your most like self-aware point in your life, when you're 15, 16, it kind of like, I don't know, it like hardwires your brain <clears throat> to be just like paranoid at all times to a dude, to, 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 in, in some way, you know, I, I just like, I, um, I'm never, I'm always aware of like my immediate vicinity. I, I'm constantly scanning my surroundings to see who's staring at me, who's around, have they noticed me? I, I, I'm like used to just sort of trying to be as wallpapery as I can get. Um, and just to, to avoid attention at all costs. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so to have to like, I don't know, go and be on talk shows or, you know, uh, get my picture taken and stuff. It's yeah, you've all... been on like Conan O'Brien for God's sakes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's all now the him specifically is okay. Just cause, um, cause he he's real nice to me and and i and i get on with him super well and so like if there's somebody that i have like a relationship with like you know i know i was always comfortable ish on craig ferguson because we did the how to train your dragon movies together and and conan and i are just both kind of um military history nerds and so we we have incredibly <laughs> incredibly uh yeah dorky earnest kind of discussions <laughs> and oh so, so so that like will disarm me to a degree but but yeah being being on talk shows and getting my picture taken and shit it's all um it's all incredibly unnatural for me and it takes a great deal of like psyching myself up to be able to do it and um it's just like it's basically like being being a having a fear of heights and knowing that you're you know you you earn your living as a high diver and so, like, every single time you get up there, you have to go through that same process of, like, just shutting yourself up and kind of muscling through it as best you can. Wow. Um, do you think – so I didn't know you were – were you raised by a single mom? For the most part. I mean, yes and no. Okay, so my parents divorced when I was, like, 13, 14. Um, and so my dad was in the house for the first part of my life. But he was, you know um, – my I was always a mama's boy and I was raised by my mom and my dad was like, uh, you know, um, well, he worked a lot and, uh, but, it, and then when he was home, he was always often like drinking by himself and shit. So I just like, you know, so, um, so yeah, um, 
I, I was we were definitely definitely raised by my mother, my sister and I were yeah. Because I wonder, like, I don't know, they talk about, like, nature versus nurture. Like, I was pretty much exclusively raised by my mom, and I'm a pretty anxious person. And I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, Like, I just got used to being anxious all the time. I don't know. but Yeah, uh, no, I think there might be something to that. Because I, I certainly, like, I, I had really bad uh, insomnia as, like, a 12-year-old, which is, like, you're not supposed to – there aren't many kids that have insomnia. And, uh, as you know, in hindsight, I can see is because my parents' marriage was imploding and, and I, I could was reacting to, to all that shit. Um, but then I know certainly when Dad was out of the house – um, wh- whether this was warranted or not, I certainly felt that we were more vulnerable. And uh, so I like, yeah, as like an undersized 13, 14 year old, I would like, you know, go and make sure the doors are all fucking locked. And I just was like, you know. Yeah, I, I did that too. <laughs> yeah. And, and cause it's like, yeah, it's a piece of shit world, you know? And um and, and like, my dad was, like, he's many things, but he was, like, uh, he, he, was, he was always up for a fight. You know, like, I, I remember being in the car with him, and on the radio they were talking about a rash of home invasions uh, in our neighborhood in Montreal and describing this god-awful scenario. His family's getting their doorbell rung in the middle of the night, and guys just holding everyone at fucking gunpoint and, and tying them up and stealing a bunch of shit. It just it mortified me. And I look over my dad's like grinning to himself. And I said, uh, I was, and I, he goes, he looks at me and says, Oh, I hope they come to our house. I hope they fucking come to our house, but Oh my God. <laughs> so yes. He was, well, he, my dad was a hood, right? Like he went to prison. He, 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 he was like, sold a bunch of cocaine. He was always fighting and shit and always, you know, getting in trouble with guns and a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, say, I did my, not know that. Yeah, I did my not dad, know that. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so like, you know, he was fucked in a lot of ways, but like as a kid, I was never scared of anything because I always knew that like it had to come through him and that was, <laughs> I mean, very long day at the office for whoever was trying to fight my, my old man. Yeah. But uh, um, so so with him out of the picture, all of a sudden it was like, uh, oh, shit, that falls to me. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, do you certainly. guys look alike, you and your dad? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm like, I'm taller um, and a little less. Um, well, like, so my mom is, uh, my mom is kind of mostly Irish with a bit of German and some, and English. And then, um, but my dad, um, so his dad's family are, uh, Italian speaking Jews from Egypt. And, uh, it's so, uh, so random. It's, it <laughs> seems like it is, but it, it's just, uh, sort of, uh, underreported. Uh, um, and, uh, he, but yeah, he, his, um, we, so, so my my family, the Baruch El, is how you really are meant to pronounce my last name, and it's an ancient name. It's to, it means "Blessed is God" in Hebrew. Every every prayer in Judaism starts with my last name. Starts with, or at least part of it. It start, always starts with Baruch, 
James Boyce. Really? Yes, yeah. It's a very, very old name. Um, and uh, but yeah, we were in um, Egypt and Algeria and uh, Jaffa. Um, Jaffa, which uh, would eventually become Tel Aviv, um, you know, long, long, you know, for, for hundreds of years, we would sort of the Inquisition chased my family out of Europe, went into the uh, um, Muslim world, because up until the 20th century, the, you know, the Jews greatest ally on earth was the Muslim. Um, and then, uh, you know, European uh, powers, uh, map makers, <laughs> Uh, basically pit us against each other and um, yeah so uh so and now and now we are where we're at uh which is fucked because that is unique in, in in the entire span of the history of islam it's never really been like that um and uh so uh so yeah so it's it, but but anyway so so i my dad looks he's he's a bit more clearly like from that part of the world i guess that's what i was you know um he always <laughs> My mother always told him he looked like Saddam Hussein. <laughs> uh, ooh. Um, interesting. Interesting. Well, um, Jay, just uh, I just have one or two more questions here for you. I'm sure. just curious. I'm uh, looking at your tweets here from today. Oh, yeah. And I was creeping uh, our mutual friend there, Mark Critch, and the two oh, of you yeah. guys shared a picture. So, what the hell? What were you doing out in Newfoundland? Oh you just yeah, back from there. What were you working on? Yeah, so um, if Chris, you're allowed to, if you're allowed to. Oh, give us a oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so you know, Critch's first book. Uh, I think it was his first book. Any, uh, um, he's called Son of a Critch, uh, which is about him growing up in St. John's in a very unique way. So, you know, um, it's, it's going to be a TV show on the CBC and. Um, uh, so it's really, really funny. The scripts are super, super, super funny. And, uh, he asked me if I would, uh, be interested in directing a few episodes. And I said, yes, before I read any of it, like I'd have, I'd have done it just as an excuse to hang out with him and, and go out to Newfoundland. And, um, but it really helped that the scripts are like amazing. And so I, um, got to go out there uh, and, uh, direct, uh, Mark and, um, a lot of talented actors, including fucking Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> so it's right? a, yeah, that's a crazy, as one. if that's he's in that, one. eh? Yeah, it's super cool. And, uh, yeah. got- I didn't even put two and two together to be honest with you. Like Mark told me he's the guy from clockwork orange. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? No, he's not. And I was like, Holy shit. That is the guy. Yes, it like, is. And, and, uh, and I'm proud to say that, <laughs> that, uh, uh, he called me Stanley on set. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> just the really cool. <laughs> he, he got, he was like, he was mad that I wanted to do more than one take. And I was like, and I said, we have to go again for safety. He said, oh, you just want to go. You just want more because you think more is better. And I said, more is better. What the fuck? I said, where have you been? I said, I'm, I, I get you out in two takes, three takes tops. Tops, that's nothing. I'm always moving. I move quickly. And then he's like, he went and then he said, All right, Stanley. And, oh uh, my and God. I just like, stopped short and had nothing fucking to say. <laughs> I was like, it's kind of a compliment, though. Yes, it's the craziest. Um, yeah. And uh, so, and like, that's so lovely, when you know you made it as lo- a director. Lo- lovely, right. lovely thing. And a lovely, lovely man. 
um, really, I got on with him like a house on fire, and and um, and then the the there's some really really talented uh, young actors. The lead, Benjamin Ainsworth, this 13 year old kid from uh, from England, from Yorkshire, England, who's playing young Mark Critch, is um, holy smokes, is this kid ever good? He's uh, he's Pinocchio in the new Disney Pinocchio thing that's going to be coming out, and he's I guess he's in the haunting of uh, Bly Manor and yeah, he's, he's about to explode. I, I suspect um, that I don't, whatever that's is what it is, but he's just an amazing kid with really good parents and he's a fucking very good actor. And I have like really strong opinions about, you know, being a kid actor. Cause I was one For and sure. he's like For sure. the real deal. And the other two kids, uh, Sophia Powers and uh, Mark Rivera. Uh, I think both of them are first timers, and uh, and it's crazy um, to get to see them. You would never know that this is their first time in front of the camera, and they're um, really funny and uh, and and have a lot of heart, and they're like super up for uh, for doing fun stuff, and so like yeah, I'm I'm quite proud of the work I did, and 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 I'm really proud to be on that show and part of that show, and and I was like, because I really think uh, the world's gonna fall in love with it. No, oh, I can't wait. I read, uh, I uh, I read his that book and oh, cool. uh, fucking shit, like piss myself. It's very it, funny, right? Like it's you very, really hear his funny. voice in your head when yes. you're reading it, like. Yes. And like, not all comedians are good writers. No, too. he's a great writer. Mark's a he's great a- writer excellent writer um the washing his siamese cat thing is like <laughs> the fucking funniest thing i've ever heard in my life like yeah, i got to direct cat stuff so um, um oh my god <laughs> awesome i grew up with a siamese cat and we never bathed her ever because like <laughs> they're like the cleanest cat in the world i don't know i just so that scene for me, I'll never forget. Like I laughed my ass off. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, there's a bunch um, of stuff, and and the show is God. going to be really good. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Um, cool. Well, I won't keep you too much longer, Jay. I'm so grateful to you for taking the time um, to join you. us Thank you on for the show. Me. Um, for having me. Are you? Um, Maybe I'll just quickly ask: Are you? You're still a Canadian citizen, obviously, right? Oh yeah, not not just citizen, but resident. Um, I, I I have um, I I gave up my um, uh, resident status in the states like years ago. I, I well, and you've well, you've got a friggin' maple leaf tattooed on your chest, so I would I assume do. you I you take too. it pretty seriously. Um, yep. So you voted, I guess, on. Uh, I did. Uh, last week, right? I did too. Yes, I did. Yeah. Did you? Did um? What? What did you? Were you surprised at all by the results? Uh, for our listeners, we're recording. Um, Jay and I are talking on Monday, September twenty seventh, about a week out from uh, a really um weird election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, almost, almost, an almost pointless one. Almost pointless one. Um, almost. Why would you say almost pointless? Well, good stuff will come out of it, you know. Uh, um, there, 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 there's some, there's some good to come out of it. Um, but I, I think also, like, you know, uh, it effectively, Ottawa probably looks more or less the same as it did before, and, <laughs> and uh, just with uh, you know, 
three quarters, almost three quarters of a billion dollars spent. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's just like kind of frustrating. Um, but, uh, so, um, I, yeah, it's weird. I think that like taken as a snapshot of where people are at, um, mentally and emotionally in this country. I think it's like largely encouraging. Uh, I have to say, um, you know, there's, I was, I look that there were any purple signs on anybody's lawn is like cause for uh, concern. Um, yeah. You know, um, yeah, you can say that again, my friend, but I do tend to think that it is a sort of loud sideshow. It's a loud sideshow more than it is anything, you know, now uh, it doesn't yeah. matter. That's how it always starts. Um, it always starts as that, uh, uh, you know, uh, but, but I, I don't, I don't know that the sort of, that there is a kind of that much of an appetite for that shit in this country. I think that there's a, the, the, that, you know, appetites can be acquired and learned and all that stuff. So, so, you know, but I, but I don't think that the average Canadian, uh, righty, um, f- lives in the world that the people's party, uh, exists in, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, however, I would agree. you know, but that's right now you know and 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 but by the way like the election kind of proves that i think you know and uh um because didn't nuts even lose his fucking seat so like I, I, <laughs> he it, lost a seat um like almost three years ago now or longer right like how the mighty have fallen i mean he used to be an actual cabinet minister yeah, right on yeah. the front benches of harper's cabinet like he was our foreign affairs minister for yeah, god's right. sakes yeah no i right? know and now he doesn't even have a seat in the house like he's a because he's he's a whore like he, he he doesn't have any fucking um i don't think he believes the shit he's peddling Oh no, I don't think so either. Honestly, you know, I I, um, I I guarantee you, if you hung out with that guy, he's not going to be saying a bunch of crazy shit. No, about COVID. no, actually, that's like one of the oddest things about him, yeah. like the paradox about him that I hear from a lot of my friends in the press gallery yeah. on the hill who've like interviewed him and stuff. Is he's like one of the nicest, most approachable people. I don't Ottawa. doubt it. I don't like he's doubt a it totally all. friendly, nice dude. And like people are just totally spun, right? Like about this weird, dark, bitter turn he took after losing the conservative leadership by a hair, right? It's like, just the it's just the it's just the brand that's available to him. He he, he does, you know, and and uh uh he 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 sees daylight, he sees the chance. To yep. get the career he would never get in in the other on the other you know track that he was on, and so he has like gone into that shit. I don't know that he is like I I I I'd be very surprised if he was sincerely a bigot. I'd be very surprised if he was sincerely an anti-masker either. And I'd be you know I I I I don't even like I bet you 
that his personal shit that he actually what 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 he's naturally inclined to feel is quite far from that shit but i i suspect well some of it um some of it he does kind of agree like i think he does align himself with like it was very revealing um watching him in the 2019 federal election debate that he was yeah. included in um you know where jugmeet saying and Prime Minister Trudeau were kind of saying, you know, like, you shouldn't even be here. Or yeah. at least Singh said that, you know, like, what the hell? Like, I don't know why we're legitimizing you and including you, but you really got to see yeah. some of his, like, you know, like who he really is a little bit to some degree. Like, yeah. particularly, like, he's very anti-immigration more than anything. Like, I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of um, the white supremacist white nationalist types have latched onto like he's very against that but um but yeah he's uh, it's just the max bernier show right like i don't think i don't know what he's doing i think he's just kind of in love with himself and yeah and i and i and i think he's probably i suspect he's he's going to be uh if that party has any dyed in the wool like true believers i i i i i I can't imagine they're thrilled with, you know, maybe they're happy that he's beating a drum and getting attention, but he is, but, but, but he is like made it a cult of personality about himself. And, uh, and I don't know that like, you know, he doesn't have the brand to pull that off. Like he, he, you know, Tr Trump can do that because Trump is an established brand long before he had anything to do with the party, you know? And, yeah. and so he Maxine can Bernie is like the son of a politician beyond that. I don't think he's ever had a job. And no, right? but, and, and he doesn't occupy the same kind of cultural real estate. Like, like Not I, can, at all. I can tell you in Quebec who the like kind of equivalents would be, or the people that could pull that like realistically off. He, he, he's not one of them. And so I think that any, any real people's party fucking true believers and, you know, they're, they can't be thrilled. They can't be thrilled with, uh, with where he's going to take it. However, it's also very new party. So who fucking yeah. knows, you know, um, yeah, 800, 800,000 votes is nothing to snuff at. Right. No, that's, that's nearly a million people since the party's inception yeah. are already voting. And a lot of people have never voted before right. I'm learning. So that I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised by, um, yeah. because that's a sort of, that's that kind of, that's a it's a uh, that's a, a, a protest vote for apathetic people, you know. Sure. And uh, and 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 so I can see and and also, you know, um, when someone comes and tells you that your immediate gut impulse is uh, valid and authentic and worth building an ideology around, uh, it doesn't require you to learn anything. <laughs> And that's so it. it's that's terrible. It. He's, he's so like, you know, there's nothing about what, like none of what he's saying or doing is, you know, overly articulate or complicated. Right. It's just, you know, he's a friendly face that's very easily accessible. Right. And telling people that are like seeing their country, the country they grew up in uh, disappearing, uh, you know, or whatever. And, and any, which, which by the way, that, 
that sensation, that phenomenon, that uh, it, that is just human nature. Everybody gets to an age and recognizes the culture, the country they come from less. I just like that, that, that it just happens. It's not inherently wrong. It's not inherently right. It's just a thing that fucking happens. Where, sure. where I would argue the wrong comes in is when, when cynical fucking manipulative people come in and say that that thing you're feeling that's not just a product of your age. That is an incredibly valid, sincere, moral thing that you're feeling because your culture is under fire, under siege, and you are being wiped out and blah, blah, blah. Right. They, sure. they sort of lean into it. Right. Like I, 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 it is okay for someone to be struck by a difference in a neighborhood they come from that that is just like no that's that 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 in itself isn't wrong what what's wrong is not unpacking that not saying now listen listen what what do you what what are you bumping up against is it this or is it actually that because maybe it's just this and maybe they're just doing what your granddad did whatever the fuck it is you know but like you you taking the time to to piece it out and 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 find a way to to understand and unravel that that thing like but when you just tell somebody that that base you know fucking animal impulse they have to be scared of the unknown is 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 like what is what you build an entire belief system around. That's that's, yeah. that's fucking dangerous. Yeah, and sad, right? Like really sad. Like I understand some of it to some degree, right? Like not everyone has forty or fifty grand to spend to go, you know, to university yeah. and like learn about things like racism and whatnot. Not everyone is inclined to pick up a book and you know, and understand that a lot of people like where I went to high school, I don't think there was a single, there might've been one black guy at my high school. Like there's no people of color, no minorities at all where I went to right. high school. Like, um, so I can understand some of that, but like, you know, to base it all on, you know, to absolve yourself, that's you it. know, that's it. of, of any responsibility at all. And just Correct. like direct all your hate at other people like it just makes no sense especially in a country as big a country as big as ours like there's plenty of room right there's more than plenty of room and it's and and, because it has nothing to do with that it's about feeling sorry for yourself and it's fucking easier to feel sorry for yourself and to feel taken advantage of than it is to like take a second and be like, Oh, the common denominator is me or, you know, like, and, 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 but, but by the way, like, I'll say this, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people on the kind of what I would argue (laughs) correct side of history, but let's just call them liberals, lefties, progressives, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to choose. A lot of them don't do don't do uh, the right side of history any favors um, by being um, so obsessed with making making right wingers feel stupid, right? Like, and and, yeah. and and now I'm guilty of this. I'm absolutely guilty of this because I'm a human being and I get mad, you know. But but I really know that everyone gets their back up. 
Nobody admits they're wrong in the fucking moment. It takes you at least a fucking hour to lick your wounds for your, your, your ego to stop swelling, to be like, oh, shit. Oh, I actually was wrong about that, right? But I'll tell you, you, you have to allow that for that process to happen. And it, oh, won't, yeah. it, it can't happen, and it won't happen when you're just trying to fucking, you know, wank off in your fucking teachable moment. Yeah. Or if you're getting too emotional about it or you're yeah. doom scrolling, you know, Truly. on Twitter Truly. or whatever, yeah. it's really easy to just get fucking pissed. Yes. And that doesn't actually help because all it does is it kind of like it certainly like entrenches somebody in a in a viewpoint you disagree with, a viewpoint you think the world needs less of. So so you 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 sure as fuck can't make them more adamant in those beliefs, man. Like that, yeah. that, 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 that's the scariest thing. And like, it's, it's really hard. I try, I try, I try, you know, sometimes I just can't engage personally, but I do try to fucking bite my tongue to the best of my abilities. And I'll say this, what gives me faith is a, I've literally had people eventually say, I didn't think of it that way. Okay, so so I know that sometimes oh it doesn't fucking That's the best vindication in the world. It doesn't it occur to people back like that. It doesn't occur to people sometimes. But also, I'll say this, and this is the most important thing: I know what I've been wrong about, and I know what I've been sort of uh, out of date on. I, you know, I, 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 I don't think any of us are immune to being um, out of date or immune to being wrong about stuff. Right. Like, and I, and I, no. and I, I think I will, the process doesn't end. Right. Like I, I hope to be educated my entire life, which means shit that I think I am certain about, I will eventually be proven wrong about. And so like, I know that I have had viewpoints of mine um, legitimately profoundly shift or alt be altered because because of the 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 strength of what somebody told me, but but also because it was told to me with like respect and understanding and empathy, you know, and and uh, I wasn't being sort of condescended to or patronized to because every time that that ha fucking happened and someone got overly didactic, I would just be like, well, fucking peace, you know. Hmm. Well. On that note, my friend, um, <laughs> Sorry, um, I went off on that very, that very Canadian note, I should add as well of, um, you know, trying to be peace, peacemakers among the world, um, trying to be pragmatists. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trying to spread, spread good stuff. Um, Sorry. I just went off on that rant. <laughs> oh dude. I love it. I'm here for it, man. Yeah, like, yeah. fuck, there's lots to rant about. Trust me. Um, and normally I would be much more opinionated, but tonight we wanted to hear from you. So, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, well, thank you very much, Jay, for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Um, I'm sorry, my they couldn't join us tonight. She's busy. Um, but yeah, I'm sure she's going to love listening to this and as well our listeners. And uh, yeah, thanks for all the, the awesome stuff you're working on. I can't wait to watch uh, what you're working on right now. The directing of, Son of a critch when that comes out on CBC.
100% for sure, man. Well, thank you. Take care. Okay, you too.